the Rangers lose back-to-back one-run games to the Cincinnati Reds in increasingly frustrating fashion. On today's show, we're breaking out the first Rangers road series loss of the year and what's wrong with the bullpen. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a criminally addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much, everydayers, for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below on today's show. We're breaking down the back-to-back six to seven losses that the Rangers sustained at the hands of those pesky, annoying and also kind of terrible Cincinnati Reds. The Rangers have lost their first road series of the year in frustrating fashion. The one-run loss monster has reared its ugly head yet again, thought that it wouldn't be as bad this year. And uh, so far through four one-run games, the Rangers are 1-3, and three, a 250 winning percentage. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really frustrating place to be. This is not a team that has played in a whole lot of close games. They have a really good run differential. I believe it was the second best heading in all of baseball heading into this series against Cincinnati because the Rangers kept blowing out their opponents. They were playing a bunch of bad teams and also they played the Phillies and also they blew out the uh, Cubs uh, once. They also blew out the Royals quite a few times. They blew out the Astros in their series finale of a series they won on the road against the Astros. And uh, yeah, this team has not been in a whole lot of close games. The bullpen's numbers have been very good because frankly, they haven't been in a whole lot of high leverage situations when they have. It has been in kind of the middle innings. Sometimes those blowouts, like that one against Houston, that was close for pretty much the entire game. And the Rangers did need some high leverage bullpen innings. But they were able to blow it open late in that one, make it look like a blowout when it was really back and forth until the later innings of that one. But Will Smith has been one of the few arms that I feel comfortable in those high leverage situations. Even Jonathan Hernandez, I feel kind of more comfortable in general. But even he's had some outings where he couldn't even get an out and Bochy pulled him pretty early. Brock Burke, I still trust back there. Jose Leclerc still has an ERA of zero, but uh, it's... It doesn't feel like he should at this point. And Ian Kennedy's ERA is is nine. And Cole Reagan just got absolutely blown up in the second loss of these. This was just really, really frustrating fashion. Especially, especially the second game when the Rangers had a 6 nothing lead heading into the bottom of the seventh inning. They got one run in the seventh, and then the Reds scored six runs in the eighth. The Rangers were not able to get out of that inning without allowing a single run. I do have to shout out Martin Perez, who had a really fantastic start. Six and a third innings, just one unearned run, just one walk. Six hits, five strikeouts for him. Jonathan Hernandez came in to close that inning out, and that was it. That was all he did was those two-thirds of an inning. Then in comes Cole Reagans with a clean inning, and he just gets blooped and duped and and shanked. Uh, and just it, everything was bad for him. Everything was really bad for Cole Reagans. It was just 
not the outing that you wanted to see from him. He's a guy who has not been in the pen in his career. He has been a starter. And I think that this is in a really difficult transition for him. He had, he was the biggest storyline of spring training him and his velocity jumping up another level. He was in the low nineties and then he comes out in spring training and starts sitting in the mid nineties, touching 97, might've even touched 98 I believe. I know he's touched 97 in the big league because his, his fastball sits 96 and it's pretty consistently there and it's already got some really, really great spin rate. So the Rangers didn't have a starting job open for him. And so they put him in the in the pen as one of the long men because the guy who they thought was going to be their long man in Jake Rizzi ended up not pitching at all for them this season. So they needed him and Dane Dunning in the pen. And for the most part, those guys have done okay. But neither of those guys are particularly, uh, you know, used to pitching in the pen. Dane Dunning did pitch in the bullpen when he was in college at Florida. There were a lot of other really great arms on that staff, but but Reagans has, has not been in the pen. He was drafted out of high school, missed a lot of time with a couple of Tommy John surgeries and with the pandemic as well, so he doesn't have a whole lot of time in the minor leagues, but he absolutely crushed it in those upper minors the last couple of years, and with that fa- uh, fastball velocity jumping up and playing up because of that spin rate, it, it seemed like the Rangers needed him in their pen. They needed a lefty with some of that primo stuff. Brock Berger's got okay stuff. There's just not a whole lot of guys with just that primo gas, that, like, you know, extremely high velocity. Jose Leclerc is the Rangers' closer at the moment, and he sits 94 with his fastball. Granted, the spin rate in the top 3% of baseball, 97th percentile. But still, the velocity used to be a little bit higher. It used to be, you know, 96, 97 with that insane spin rate and his off-speed stuff is is really freaking good so that plays up but still you like to have guys with some of that premium stuff in your pen the rangers don't have a whole lot of they have ian kennedy they have uh dane dunning they have cole reagans whose stuff is about as as premium as it gets in the rangers pen and will smith who's been incredibly effective but he's not out there throwing 95 99 or anything like that. He's he's doing what he's doing well, um, but still, it is not exactly the most terrifying stuff. And the Rangers do have some options in the minor leagues. Uh, Looking at that later on in the show, but it's just kind of frustrating to see this pen let up and uh, having three of your last, actually your last three losses in in the last two series so far. I'm recording this one as this game is live, uh, eleven thirty at. <laughs> in the after or in the morning whatever uh because central time is super weird and the rangers have to get back home to play the yankees but still i think that the rangers pen was going to be an issue coming up uh, we're gonna look a little more closely at each individual reliever a couple individual relievers who had some bad outings and what has been the problem with them and a couple of bats who have been doing much much better as of late but first this episode is brought to you by so rare Our new sponsor, SoRare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, SoRare managers truly own their fantasy experience collecting, buying, selling, and competing with with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards. There's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards as well. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free players, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. This episode is also brought to you 
by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there is no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Now this Rangers pen is full of some arms that are mostly outperforming expectations, but have had some really, really rough goes of it. Dane Dunning finally allowed his first earned runs, and I think the most frustrating part about the loss on Monday was just the three walks by Jose Leclerc. He got one strikeout and three walks, and you know, looking at those pitches, he was he was getting behind in counts, and Jose Leclerc has always been a guy who has has had issues with the walks. That's why he's not a starting pitcher. That is why he is in the bullpen, because he cannot help himself but giving up a crap ton of walks this year. He has allowed, uh, where'd we go, seven walks in eight and two-thirds innings. Three of them came in this loss, but to be honest and to be fair to Jose Leclerc, whose walks have really frustrated me over the years, especially when he has been the Rangers closer, comes into a game and just gives a free pass to start off the inning. That's one thing you really don't want your closer to do. Um, he was getting really squeezed on the zone in that one. It, it really felt like there was a lot of borderline calls that should have gone his way. I mean, he's got a fastball. He's got stuff that you can you can throw in the zone. He can get some swings and misses in the zone, but he was getting behind in these counts. He was trying to nibble as opposed to going at these Reds hitters. This is not a dangerous lineup that you would like to see your your guy just absolutely go at him. And that was one of the frustrating things about John Gray's last outing, not this one that is happening right now, but against the A's, is you know it was not a great A's lineup, and he tied a career high with five walks. I think part of that was he just wasn't right. But when you see your team go up with a big lead and your starters aren't just attacking guys. That's one of the things that Martin Perez did really well. The Rangers gave him a six-run lead, and he just went at those hitters and got them to bounce into some easy outs. And, you know, if, if guys get an occasional single or a double or whatever, you got that big lead so you can keep going at these guys and just eat innings and get it to where it's not close late and you can throw your low-leverage bullpen arms and not have to worry about those high-leverage bullpen arms at all. But... The Rangers didn't do that. The Rangers got themselves into a predicament. Dane Dunning was had had to be pulled. Jose Leclerc came in. Even Will Smith couldn't get the Rangers out of their jam. Just faced the one hitter, allowed the hit. That was the walk-off, and the Rangers lost that one. Then the really frustrating part was just how everything felt like it was completely spiraling on the Rangers in in the second loss of this one. If you have a 6 nothing lead in the seventh inning, this pin has been good. And it should not be a question if they can hold that lead. It, it just, it really shouldn't be. It is just absolutely unacceptable and so incredibly frustrating for the Rangers who are still in first place. They do still have a game and a half lead heading into this Wednesday afternoon game against Cincinnati. They do still have that lead in the American League West, but they should have won at least one of, if not both of those games. And seeing everything just kind of, just, just kind of, 
fall away was so incredibly frustrating. The stuff for Cole Reagans really, really wasn't all that different than what he's been doing. I mean, he was averaging 95 miles an hour with his fastball hitting 97. Um, the spin rate was not that different on any of his pitches, his curveball, his changeup. He only used uh, one cutter and just everything was getting was getting hit. And it was just really frustrating to watch things spiral on him and not be able to, you know, kind of come out of it. And Ian Kennedy came in and he got hit up lit up really hard as well and i went to go look at baseball savant's page for ian kennedy and i thought okay he's going to be have blue numbers everywhere if everything is bad you know he's not going to be able to get guys to swing and miss and whatever and that's not the case his expected numbers is his whiff rate is in the top four percent of baseball he's not allowing guys to barrel up pitches he's in the 94th percentile there almost all of his numbers are in the red the strikeout rate expected batting average expected era um fastball spin rate extension all of those are in the red. The only things that are in the blue are his fastball velocities, averaging 92 miles an hour. It makes sense. That's kind of what you knew you're getting from 38 year old Ian Kennedy. But the fastball spin rate is still in the top 20% of baseball. Not getting guys to chase out of the zone, 37th percentile there. But everything else is either in the red or his hard hit rate was 51st percentile. So the guy is, is doing what you're expecting. He's just kind of getting um, a little unlucky at this point. His expected ERA is 252. His actual ERA is 9.0. So this is not a guy who is, is really getting all that lit up, but he has just had some really bad luck. And Cole Reagan's, his stuff is, his numbers are a, a little bit more, a little bit more questionable and um, not as as good as I thought they would be. He's still walking guys at a a big rate. I thought that wouldn't be as much of an issue when he had that premium gas. He's able to get guys to chase more. So far, it's not the case. He's in the bottom seven percent of baseball in getting guys to chase out of the zone. Um, he's avoiding barrels, which is one of the few good things he's doing. But he's not getting more swings and misses like I thought he would with that that velocity on his fastball jumping up. That was the whole thing. That was that was the entire point of why that was so important is that his fastball velocity was going to jump and he's still going to have that spin rate. So he's going to be able to you know, throw the fastball in the zone and get some swings and misses or some soft contact there. That would set up his really, really freaking good changeup. And that would also set up maybe a little bit more of his cutter and his curveball to use that more effectively. That hasn't really been the case so far this year. And so I'm thinking that maybe... Maybe Cole Reagans in the pen is is not the best option for him. Maybe the Rangers want to send him down to AAA, just use him as a starter. I mean, it, it is a small sample size. We're only, you know, what, less than a month into the season at this point. Maybe we're a little a little closer to a month. What, how many games are we at so far? If we can do some quick math of 23 games into the season. So it's, it's not the biggest sample size in the entire world. And it's easy to watch two one run losses that are incredibly frustrating and think, ah, oh, everything needs to change. You know, fire Boji, fire Chris Young, whatever. Cause it's been so long of adjusting to those expectations of, uh, yeah, occasionally even the good teams are going to lose a couple of one run games to the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, maybe not that specifically, but things like this are going to happen. Even the good teams will drop an occasional game to the Oakland A's, the A's aren't going to, you know, win just four games for the rest of the entire season. Sometimes that'll happen. And unfortunately, sometimes it'll happen against your team. But it is it is very obvious why these frustrations are coming to bat. But there have been some good parts in the Rangers for the Rangers the last couple of days coming up. We're going to get into that um, and a little bit of the offense that is heating up. 
But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I've played in a long time. I've always thought that I could be a great Major League GM, and as it turns out, it's not all that easy. If you've had the same thought and fantasize about managing your own franchise, go to and download the game Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of the franchise, play through seasons, and lead your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, manage team finances, scouting and drafting players you can manage through difficult personalities and injuries, navigate your franchise through the season, all the ups and downs, and free agency as well. So, Locked On, Locked on Rangers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out to download the game. Just visit ProBaseballGM.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's ProBaseballGM.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Now, thanks so much to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every day. Sorry, I was not there on Tuesday for a show. Been a, a really rough couple of mental health days for me, and I just didn't really have it in me to talk about a one-run loss to the freaking Reds. And uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all for for understanding and, and being there every day. I'll be back uh, tomorrow. I'm recording late tonight with Jeff Carr, host of Locked On Reds, and uh, the other host of Locked on Reds may also be present. We'll see. We'll do a wrap up of this series um, and maybe I'll look ahead at the Yankees series as well. That's going to be a fun four games, but thank you all so much for being the everydayers. The Rangers take on the Yankees at 7.05 Thursday p.m. Central Time. Garrett Cole versus Andrew Heaney. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, Josh Young has been heating up for these Texas Rangers. He's having a really, really good rookie season. Right now, he has an 821 OPS heading into this game. A pair of home runs, a big two-run double in the second game of this series, and he has been absolutely lighting it up, as has Ezekiel Duran. And we also got to see, I got to give a shout-out, because this is a, a big, big moment for Josh Smith who hit his first home run of the season. It was not like his first home run last season that was hit 250 feet, I believe, and botched uh, to heck, like basically a little league home run at the big league level and inside the Parker. He actually hit one out and he hit one to the opposite field, which I'm pretty darn sure is his first opposite field home run of his big league career. That has been the one knock on Josh Smith is this guy does not hit for power. He's He's got pretty decent contact rate he's got a really good walk rate and he is a magnet for getting hit by baseballs um hopefully not as often in the face but sometimes it has been in the face the guy is still i believe he still leads all of major league baseball in hit by pitches the on base is pretty darn good he plays a really really good defensive shortstop and if this guy can he's got an on base of 382 and with that one home run he's now slugging 244 um, that really brings up his average a 626 OPS for a guy who plays a really good shortstop if the Rangers can get his glove in there at shortstop and Ezekiel Bats Duran in there at DH because we haven't seen exactly a whole lot from Brad Miller and Robbie Grossman they've been fine um, and I think that Duran's defense is okay at shortstop overall he provides a little bit more value 
But if you if you can get some offense out of Josh Smith, that is a huge, huge boost. But Ezekiel Duran continues to absolutely crush it in his last seven games. The man has been on fire, hitting 400 with an on-base of 444 and slugging 640. He does have his only walk of the season in the last seven games, as well as his only home run of the season, and has got a pair of doubles. Had a three-hit game in the opener against Cincinnati, took an over with a pair of strikeouts, still did get a stolen base. He has stolen bases in his last two games heading into this series finale against Cincinnati. I have loved his bat for a long time. The dude makes incredibly hard contact. He doesn't have nearly enough plate appearances. Uh, I think it, it should be soon that he starts getting enough plate appearances to appear in the leaderboard on his baseball savant page. So the only things they can track are his sprint speed and his max exit velocity. His max exit velocity is in the top 8% of baseball. This guy hits it hard every single time. His average exit velocity is 91 miles an hour, which I'm pretty unsure would be in the top 10% of baseball, if not the very least in the top 15%. The dude stings it every single time. He does not walk nearly at all. I'd like to see that a little bit more. Ezekiel Duran walks get me just as stoked as as Adoles Garcia walks because both those guys are ones who swing out of their shoes, have all the power in the world and a lot of speed as well. His sprint speed, Ezekiel Duran, is in the top 11% of baseball. He is just a really, really good player, and I think that he is going to be a part of this Rangers core. I wouldn't mind seeing him more out there in left field. You need to get him some reps. Just get his bat in the lineup every day. This is a guy who you want to be a part of your core. We're also seeing a little bit more from the Nates, uh, the Nathans, the Nathaniels. Uh, Nathan Ivaldi e- had not the best start on on Sunday or Monday, whatever day. I, I don't know what days are. Um, he went out there and threw... I think it, it qualified as a, a as a quality start. Six innings, only three earned runs, four runs total, just one walk, seven strikeouts, and six hits. No home runs allowed for him, which is a good thing. His overall numbers bear out that he is getting a little bit unlucky. His ERA uh, at this point, I believe it is over five. Yes, still over five at 520. Leads the team in, tw- in innings pitched with 27 and two-thirds. Has... 31 strikeouts, so 10.1 walks per nine, 1.6 or 10.1 strikeouts per nine. Oof, that would be bad. Um, and 1.6 walks per nine. That is what you thought you were getting from him. Also, 11.1 hits per nine. That is a little bit more than is expected. Nobody is barreling him up. His fastball spin rate is is about where it, where it has been. The velocity is at 95 miles an hour, which is not exactly where you want it to be with him. You will want it to be more of the 96, 97 range. It's tick down the last couple of starts. I think that'll pick back up and, um, you know, the splitter is really, really effective, but his expected ERA is, is one that's also significantly below what his actual ERA is. His actual ERA is up at 520. His expected ERA is at 373. The Rangers have one of the best expected ERAs from another one of their starting pitchers, Jacob Grom. It's, I believe, at 191. It's below two. The only other starter, I believe, who has a, a lower um, expected ERA is Drew Smiley, who had one of the weirdest perfect games. Um, yeah, there we go. Only two starting pitches with an expected ERA under two this year. One is Jacob Grom. The other is Drew Smiley, the former Ranger. Uh, that is from Bleacher Nation on Twitter. A friend sent that to me, and I thought, wow, 
That's incredibly weird. Former Ranger great Drew Smiley and current Ranger great Nathan Eovaldi, who will be facing off against the Yankees on Friday night. That should be a really, really fun one. But this Rangers lineup is is getting some hot performances from guys. Nathaniel Lowe is also heating up, had a absolute moonshot in the second game of this series. It's nice to see him heating up. He hasn't put on you know, an absolute show so far this season, but the expected numbers are all of the, the baseball savant numbers look relatively pretty good. He's not quite barreling stuff up at the same rate as he was last year, but he is putting together some decent performances. The walk rates down a little bit, um, the barrel rates down, the hard hit rates down just a little bit, but the expected batting average, expected slugging, all those numbers are, are pretty good. And I think eventually that will continue to trend upward right now. He's got a 740 OPS, not terrible, it's not terrible by any means. It's it's fine. Um, the walk rate is a, a little above what it was last year, 7.7% as opposed to 74 If that's what it is, then that's fine. It doesn't need to be the 12% that it was in his first year with the Rangers, which was in the top 10% of baseball, excuse me, 12.5%. If he is being less aggre- or more aggressive and not walking as much and just getting some some really hard contact and sacrificing a bit of those walks, you'll take that. Home runs better than a walk, um, and you just need enough of them to keep the pitchers in the zone, keep them honest, and keep them throwing you some pretty good pitches. But this lineup has been deep, and uh, this team has been doing better. The starting pitching has been pretty good. The bullpen is frustrating, and I do want to take a little bit of a look at some of the guys in the minor leagues who I think could end up making this major league roster. I think Mark Church is a guy who the Rangers really thought about bringing up so far in double-A. He's pitched in five games, a 270 ERA, 13 strikeouts, and six and two-thirds innings. I think he might be still a little raw for the Rangers to bring up and throw in the pen, but definitely something they'll consider. I know that there's been some consideration about Owen White eventually potentially coming up into the pen for the Rangers. His stuff would play up quite a bit. And I think that would be give the Rangers something with really, really nasty stuff and also kind of limit his innings as well because he has had some injury problems in the past. But um, yeah, not exactly something that I, I would be petitioning for, especially not this early in the season. Antoine Kelly has had some some success. Uh, he's the guy, one of the guys who the Rangers got in the Matt Bush trade. Mark Mathias is the other who is going to, who is with the Pirates and doing really well as I believe their everyday second baseman, or at least a pretty good part of that team. Not that the Rangers are particularly, uh, you know, sad to not have him. I mean, I really like Mark Mathias and I thought that he'd be a bigger part of this team, but when Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, and um, you know Travis Jankowski are, are putting together those quality at-bats as, as they have been, then you're not really missing him as much. But Antoine Kelly was one of the other guys. He's got some premium velocity. He has thrown five and two-thirds innings with nine strikeouts, but he also has eight walks. So I don't think that's necessarily going to be an option out of the pen. Grant Wolfram, the 26-year-old, I believe he is a lefty, six and one-third innings for Frisco. Only two base runners, two hits, no home runs, no walks, and eight strikeouts. All this is a really, really small sample size, um, but I think it's something that the Rangers are considering making a change. Ian Kennedy's expected stuff. I, I think that that the last two games, it's just kind of you got to chalk it up to some some fluky losses. It'll it'll happen. Things happen. You move on. 
and eventually you will forget about it. John King is performing pretty well in AAA so far this season, 11 and third innings, just nine strikeouts, but only two walks as well for him. He's a guy who I think could be a candidate to come up. Zach Kent is on the IL. Otherwise, I would have thought that he would have been a candidate. I can't remember exactly what the injury is. It's it's going to be for a little while. Um, Joe Barlow is performing well. I'm not sure what the rate is on his velocity. If his velo starts ticking back up, then maybe he will come up into the Rangers pen, but he's only got five strikeouts and six and a third innings so far. So it makes me think the velocity is, is still more in the low 90s as opposed to the mid 90s. If it gets up back up to the mid 90s, then, then maybe we'll start thinking about Maybe the Rangers will start thinking about bringing him up. But the other guy, the last guy who I think maybe had a, an outside shot of coming up into the pen out of spring training, and if the Rangers decide to send Cole Reagans down to AAA to just be a starter, then I think Chase Lee, the Viper, the sidewinder, the sidearm right-hander who the Rangers drafted out of the University of, University of Alabama, Roll Tide, um, is performing really, really well so far in AAA this season. Seven outings for him so far, a one 54 ERA, 11 two-thirds innings, and 16 strikeouts to just three walks. That's 12.3 Ks per nine, 6.9 hits per nine, which is pretty darn nice, and 2.3 walks per nine. He's got some deceptive stuff. Not a guy who is going to have that primo gas that I kind of want, um, but definitely someone to keep an eye on. The last one that I will mention is Yeri Rodriguez, a guy who I also thought was going to maybe make the pen out of spring training. That ended up not happening. The question with Yuri Rodriguez, he's got a 97-mile-an-hour sinker that is just absolutely nasty. And the question about him is really the question about pretty much all relievers in the minor leagues is can they be consistent? Yuri has put up some pretty good numbers so far in seven outings, nine and a third innings in those seven outings. So a couple of multi-inning outings, 14 strikeouts, three walks, uh, no home runs so far, just two earned runs, a 3.9 hits per nine. 2.9 walks per nine and 13.5 strikeouts per nine innings. I think that he will see the pen at some point this year, did make his major league debut in the final game of last year, kind of went unheralded and a little bit unnoticed, but I think that he will see the pen at some point this year. I don't know at what point we'll see him. I don't know what the Rangers will change about their pen. I don't think that they're going to, you know, DFA Jose Leclerc or anything like that, but uh, it's definitely something to make mention of. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. And I will point out, not to be a sunshine pumper of two losses to the Reds that are uh, unacceptable, honestly, at this point for this Rangers team, but there is something cathartic about feeling something about baseball, about feeling pissed off about one run loss to the Reds and not the the same pissed offness that Rangers fans have felt for the past, I don't know, three, five, however many years it's been since they've actually fielded a competitive team of just the kind of numbness that's like, oh, well, this was bound to happen. This team sucks. And that's just what it is. It's kind of nice to be like, oh, my team is actually good and they should be winning these day game, these games. And it's nice to actually feel something about a team and have expectations. It's kind of just a reset your parameter, your, reset your mindset and think, oh, okay. It's not as bad as it's been. Things are on the upswing. The Rangers are going to have a four game series against the Yankees where Jacob DeGrom will be on the hill. Hopefully they can take this game. They've already squandered a bases loaded with no outs opportunity in the second inning. Hopefully that is not a harbinger of bad things to come and taking a sweep at the hands of the Reds. Get the win, head into the weekend series against the Yankees, take three out of four, 
feel much better about yourself and, and get some some national writers thinking, okay, maybe this Rangers team is legit because it is very, very fun to have expectations on Texas Rangers baseball yet again. Again, like I said, I'll be back tomorrow with a crossover episode with Locked On Reds to recap this series a little bit more. But that's going to do it for today's show. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.